back. Alright. The last dragon. Okay, and we're back for another episode of Tuesdays. <laughs> Is that how it starts? Um, I don't remember that part. I more remember the montage of his training. The glow. The glow. Yeah. The, the glow song is When you got that glow. So for the benefit of our listeners, let's, let's dial it back a little bit to explain what we're talking Won't about. Won't you teach me some <laughs> Sorry. Okay, 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 okay. Let's focus. Go ahead, Dine. Lead so away. So we're talking about the movie The Last Dragon, which is this <laughs> Motown martial arts movie. The Barry, produced by Barry Gordy. Yeah. And so what is, I think you said you grew up with this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. And I only saw it in the last year and I actually um, taught it, incorporated it into my class, Black Power, Yellow Peril. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been really dying to have this conversation with Liz for a while. Of yeah. Course, because <laughs> I think that we have a lot to talk about it for it because I think it's a really interesting example of obviously black and Asian collaboration slash alliance slash coalition slash appropriation slash adaptation. Yeah. And you. I was just like, that's a cool movie. Let me also add that. So I watched this as a kid, loved it as a kid, just loved it. <laughs> so funny. And I finally decided to watch this again. Uh, and I watched it last night. And the thing mm-hmm. about it is, um, the, I, so I was watching it with a friend and he has like this, like huge, like really fancy TV. And there's something about watching a movie that has like what what was it made? Eighties. Eighties. That has eighties production. Oh God. Yeah. On a TV that high, high def. High def, like CG, like has it's just it was just so funny. So scenes like just felt so slow, and it was just like you just notice things that you never noticed before. So, so it like it added a sense of humor that wasn't there, and it wasn't supposed to be there because like the TV kind of the high resolution of it just kind of like you know yeah maybe also it could help our, our listeners for those who don't know it like if we explain what the movie is as well <laughs> uh oh god oh god what's the movie about um so, so there's this, some moves. <laughs> this uh, um guy called bruce leroy bruce leroy who is black from harlem right from or like the, sh- the show enough is from harlem but Anyways, and he's in New York City, mm-hmm. and he obviously idolizes Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. and there's this whole plot about him, like, fighting this evil music producer, and... Oh, wait, okay, 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 I'm sorry, I... Let me explain. Okay, fine. Let me, let me do this. Okay, go for it, go for it. <laughs> Alright, so, you know about Bruce Lee, Roy? He's a very fine, uh, African-American man who... <laughs> who, uh, is learning... Oh, martial arts. And he kind of lives in this world where he lives in Harlem, which is predominantly black in this movie. But he, like, dresses like he is... Chinese. Chinese. Um, and he has a Chinese master. And so the, the overall plot is that he just kind of goes about his daily life and daily fulfillment. But then there's this other kind of gang in town um, led by this person named Shonuf. The Shogun of Harlem. The Shogun of Harlem, who reali- who is intimidated by him because other people think he's a better fighter. So mm-hmm. he spends a whole movie trying to fight Leroy. So that's one plot of the story. And the other plot is that he ends up meeting this woman um, 
who is really attracted to him, but he kind of doesn't understand that he's attracted to her because he's so involved in his his not karate, his martial arts and trying to find uh, the final stage of his training, trying to finish the final stage of his training. He doesn't realize that he is attracted to her, but he keeps saving her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the show, the story kind of ends because I think it's okay to give a spoiler for this. It's, you know, over 25 years old. To give a spoiler, um, sh- the Shogun of uh, Harlem, Mr. Shonuff, and Bruce Leroy finally have a combat. Uh, they fight. Uh, Bruce Leroy kicks his ass. Bruce Leroy, Bruce Leroy gets the girl, gets his brother's affection. Um, and he gets the glow. He gets the glow. Which if you... I guess everyone listen had to hear LMFAO like a couple years ago, but like they actually have this line like, like Bruce Lee, I I got the glow, something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Songs. And it's that's from what that. That's referring to. And the glow here reminded me of like a precursor to like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, because you know, like in those old school games where you hit, like you're playing this fighting game, you hit somebody, and the like, guy kind of like lights up a little bit from that pow, the impact. That's kind of what it, it looked like when they were fighting. It's a really, it's a cool, super cool scene. Um, but that is the synopsis of the movie. Now take it away, Zion. Oh, and I guess like it's so interesting <laughs> to watch now because it's such a relic of the eighties. Like, so I didn't so assign my much. students to to watch the whole thing. What I actually did is I uh, recommended like different scenes for them to watch in conjunction with um, um, the Bruce Lee film Enter the Dragon because of course this this movie is so in conversation with the classic Bruce Lee movie, mm. Enter the Dragon, that in one of the opening scenes, Bruce Leroy is in Harlem with this mm-hmm. um, crowd of primarily people of color of all different races, watching a production, like watching actually scenes from the Bruce Lee film yes. projected. Like it's like the, the citation is so deliberate. Like, and I don't have... know if it's the same movie, but actually they show a lot of clips of Bruce, Bruce Lee. Yes. I mean, that's not the only time they're actually showing footage, just straight up footage of Bruce Lee. Yes, and like it's so it's so interesting to see how Bruce Lee Laurie ma- um, models himself on Bruce Lee. And I think there's such interesting questions about um, how people talk about culture. And so this is one reason why I taught it because I think that often when we talk about um, cultural appropriation and adaptation, we often implicitly talk about it as like always like the white mainstream culture taking mm-hmm. from like people of color. Yeah, and of course that yeah. does a disservice to the fact that like people of color have been ha- circulating their own types of. Um, discourses um their own types of they have their own relationships outside of whiteness but also like it also sort of establishes white as default and sort of blank which is not true um like somehow like whiteness is a blank thing that just picks up other things so i had this i put it in this unit that was all about asian and african asian american african american appropriation and uh, cross-cultural circulation from everything from hip-hop in this anime called Samurai Champloo by Shinjiro Watanabe to The Boondocks, which, of course, uh, by Aaron Magruder um, is done in an anime style. But Aaron Magruder himself was a fan of the anime The Boondocks, which was about mm-hmm. hip-hop. And so, and um, Huey Freeman, the protagonist of The Boondocks, is also sort of like Bruce Leroy. He really likes, it's not just that he likes um, um, the black radical tradition, but he likes a lot of Asian traditions as well, mm-hmm. like martial arts traditions. Uh, and so then I also then lined up um, doing the Bruce, Bruce Lee... Enter the Dragon with scenes from Bruce uh, from Bruce Leroy in The Last Dragon. But I think mm-hmm. also what's really interesting is that I don't know if you've ever seen The Last Dragon. Sorry, um, the Enter the Dragon, <laughs> yes. Liz. Sorry. Sorry. Enter, Enter the, the dragon. dragon. What is that? So it is like one of the most iconic 
martial arts films of all time with Bruce oh, Lee. Oh, I haven't seen. Dude. I don't think I have. Dude. Um, you did not give me that homework to do. I could have watched it. I swear I mentioned it to you. Um, but what's notable about it is that he, I think Bruce Lee was one of the first martial arts masters to um, actually train a number of um, really prominent African-American martial artists. So Jim mm-hmm. Kelly was this really major um black martial artist and he was trained by bruce lee and he's like featured as one of the main characters in the movie mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of things that are really interesting and problematic with his portrayal because you could see that like actually one of the first scenes you see with the character is that he like leaves his um martial arts studio where there's like um black asian and some white students okay. and then like he gets cornered by the cops and the cops are basically going to rush late profile him and like beat him up just because and like of course we're very resonant because my students we've been talking a lot about police brutality yeah. um, alongside our readings but then he like totally kicks her asses um and then goes off to hong kong but then there's other famous scenes that have you seen rush hour you must have seen rush hour uh, all three okay yes. so like there's a lot of scenes in rush hour with chris tucker that are actually references to jim kelly and enter the dragon mm. enter the dragon as well like the one where like they see all like they bring him all the women like they open up the door and like there's yeah, all these yeah, Asian women. yeah so that uh, that's actually a, fa- a reference. What? To I did not know. Okay, I have to go back. I know. I know. This is Cut. important for your culture, not just mine. For, um, really? You're gonna call me out like from? Okay, the whole culture. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, you're like, listen, I helped out your culture. <laughs> I didn't even. You better go. You better anyway. go learn your culture. Anyway. Fine. Um, you know what I mean? Sorry, but like, <laughs> but you yeah, people. This, this you just is... said you people, but you said your culture. I said your culture, yeah. But you meant you. But people. my culture. Anyway, I'm totally uh, joking. If you keep going. Um, but the reason why they they do that in rush hour is because it's a reference to this famous scene with Jim Kelly in Enter the Dragon, where he's also paraded like all these women, all these Asian women, and like it's this really uncomfortable scene in the same way that like it's supposed to be like this, you know, like oh he has such a huge sexual appetite and he's like chooses all of them. So the Chris Tucker thing is like pretty much a reproduction of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jim Kelly's character ends up dying. Um, Black man always dies. Yeah, he always dies. And especially the way his body is displayed is very rem- reminiscent of a lynching. Oh. So, like, there's a lot of things that are both admirable and incredibly troubling about his presentation. Like, and Jim Kelly himself being this really important figure at the time. But what I think is interesting is that, obviously, the, the last dragon has Bruce Leroy idolizing Bruce Lee, but not Jim Kelly. Mm. Should he? I mean, wh- I mean, Jim Kelly was taught by Bruce Lee, so why wouldn't he idolize yeah. Bruce Lee? And well, I guess like, Bruce Lee is mar- more iconic, but Jim Kelly was still like one of the top martial arts at the t- mar- martial artists at the time. Mm. And also like being possibly, I think, the first like prominent African-American martial artist. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. I I didn't really think about that. I guess it just one I didn't know about Jim Kelly. I wasn't mm-hmm. really he wasn't really on my radar the way that Bruce Lee was. So that made a lot of sense for for him. I thought what I thought was really interesting is that that he kind of had like Bruce Leroy had this sort of mentality where he was in this culture that wasn't actually his. Like he was mm-hmm. living as like a Chinese person almost like the way he like there are moments where he's with his family and he's addressing his family members with like the 
Mama it's Sun. Formality. Like, yes. For, with such formality and bowing and like eating with chopsticks. So he's eating the same food that, that his family's eating, but he's using chopsticks. You know, and everyone thinks he's weird and he just seems very unfazed by that. And, you know, I think that would look really weird, but that's also very familiar as well. Like, I know even now, like, you'll find people who like things and don't necessarily like all the things that their family likes. Like, um, I don't know what to call it, but the other black movement or just um, nerd, black nerds or, um, oh, my God, there's a word for it. Punk black people. I don't um, know what you're talking about. Uh Oh. oh my gosh. I'm blanking on it. It's okay. You can edit this out. Yeah. Well, I, we can keep it. But <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, the point is, is that I thought it was very interesting how he kind of lived in both of those sort of worlds. And also what I'd say is interesting is that he's not the only example of cultural mixing that we see in the movie. Yeah. Like, he encounters, of course, those Chinese, three Chinese guys. Mm-hmm. That like have it turns out like have this like this fake funny like name place that's like playing off of Asian, Chinese parodies, but they themselves like talk the like talk like black stereotypes. Right. I mean that's the, the like direct equivalent of like like now and white people are like I'm blacker than you. Like they were really kind of like they're like what are you doing? Why are you dressed like that? Yeah, and so there's this yeah. interesting thing where like you have. Um, Bruce Levi dressed as a Chinese person, like acting like according to a particular model of Chineseness. But he meets mm-hmm. these three Chinese men who are acting towards according to a certain model of blackness and sort of black vernacular, and he's talking in a sort of Chinese vernacular. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really funny exchange between the two different sides. Um, and also, there's if you remember, there's that kid also in his dojo, the kid who's like ha- yeah. who's half China- <laughs> who's half Japanese, I think. And he's really funny, and he's also, like, a sort of callback to Bruce Lee, but also, like, this funny parody of it. He, like, said, like, it doesn't matter how you fight, you just have to be really impressed. And he goes, Whoa! Make the noises. Yeah. yeah, and the whole time, he's, he's, like, a noise maker for sure, but, like, he's, like, I'm not really trying to learn this. I'm just trying to use this to get girls. And Yeah, and what's yeah. funny is that, in a way, he ends up being this really interesting exploration of what does it mean to, like, use your Asian-ness as a type of weapon, because people just mm-hmm. assume that you're good, and he knows how to perform yeah. Asian-ness. Um, yes. And, so and it worked on the white woman. Yeah, and there's a lot of really interesting, like, <laughs> racist performance and sort of seeing, like, and denaturalizing performances of race and culture. Um, yeah, I think it's just really interesting. Yeah, oh, so something that um didn't realize until yesterday. So, so you know how Bruce Leroy is sort of invoking these Chinese images mm-hmm. of while he lives. So, if you notice, show enough, like... His sunglasses, they have the Japan sign on them. Oh, yes. So that's like, Right, yeah. so there's like course, this Shogun connection. Shogun were... Japanese. Yeah. So there, there's obviously this kind of like comparison they're trying to make like Chinese versus Japanese. Like, of course, they're going to be enemies. So they make the enemies have like different yeah, kind different of culture aspects. And so that's um, an interesting nuance. Yeah. And also another thing that I sort of posed to my students is perhaps another way that we're seeing this contrast between Bruce Leroy and Shonuff is trying to show like, what does it look like to try and appropriate something respectfully as opposed to not respectfully so do you think the appropriation in this movie was respectful well not not well between the two characters that is like mm-hmm. that they're trying to show Brice Leroy as someone who like like trains seriously under a Chinese master like it is sort of odd that he like takes on all these different um the way of dress and so forth but he's someone who tries to be really respectful about it whereas perhaps show enough as someone who 
his appropriation is more original but also maybe more violent and could be considered less respectful so that's why mm-hmm. he's an antagonist in some ways another mm-hmm. student one of my students also pointed out that maybe it's also significant that Shonoff is also much darker than bruce leroy hmm. so there's like i just thought of... Shonoff was a great actor like oh, his yeah. eyes like they were crazy who's the master so, sorry I, can't yeah. I don't have the quite the right tenor but it's uh yeah, he's good. His eyes, like they was like one was like be slightly larger than the other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, get yeah. those like shades that people think Kanye West came up with. Yes. Like, nope. Nope. Yep. were there Perfect. already. And he was always dressed up. Like, how do you have so many outfits? How are you in? That was, was also weird to me. How can you dress like this in Harlem? You cannot tell me you walk around with like a midriff and fur. And you got it's people. Like, just, no, it was. It was just <laughs> kind of hard, interesting to put into context. Um, actually, you know, even thinking about the master and Bruce Leroy, like his, Bruce Leroy's master, it was kind of funny because you could, he it was almost like he was making fun of Bruce Leroy too, mm-hmm. right? Because there were times where Bruce Lee was so like so serious, like, oh, I must find the the gold, the glow. I must get to the last stage. What are you doing? Why are you leaving me? And the guy's like, I'm going to Miami to see my mother. Like, what? He's like, I lied to you. I led you on different paths. And, like, you believe this bullshit. You were like, you thought there was going to be some path at the end and there's some glow. You know what? Just take this empty fortune cookie. Like, really? Yeah, like, the sort of, like, the fetishization of how Bruce Lee is fetishized Bruce Lee, I think, is an Mm -hmm. interesting comment as well. And, how and, also, and also, of course, like, the very title of it is sort of proposing that, like, Bruce Leroy is, like, inheriting the dragon that Bruce Lee entered with, and he's now the last dragon. So oh, really I interesting think about that. Yeah, and so there's a way that Bruce Leroy, with the name, is, like, trying to say, like, he, this young African-American man in Harlem is the inheritor of Bruce Lee's, um, of Bruce Lee's legacy. And actually, so there's a really interesting book and essay by an academic called Vijay Prashad, who writes a lot about uh, Asian American issues, but also like intersection of Asian American and South Asian with African American. And he wrote this really um, great book called like Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting about like um, the third world and martial arts as this, mm-hmm. as this form of resistance. And he has this whole essay where he also like an academic article that actually talks a little bit about the last dragon. But mm-hmm. he points out the reason why martial arts had so, such resonance um, among African American youth at the time of Bruce Lee is that it showed this third world, like, this is also the time of the Vietnam War, like, this shows, like, the sort of third world mentality of all these people of color all over the world that were able to, like, resist just with their bare hands. Like, you didn't need to have weapon, like, weapons, you didn't have to have this um, huge colonial apparatus state power behind you. Instead, it was this truly, like, democratizing, universal type of resistance that anyone could do, um, and that Bruce Lee sort of exemplified the sort of can-do attitude that you could get from the streets. Mm-hmm. And so he said that, like, that's one reason why it really resonated with um, say black audiences in the U.S. and um, hmm. yeah, and, it, and it, it's an interesting contrast to think at the time that when Bruce Lee was doing his movies, that the other sort of equivalent, like kind of a hero, would be James Bond. And you have this contrast between James Bond, who is like really cultured, has a lot of money, has hmm. the power of the British Empire. Then you have Bruce Lee, who's really scrappy and fights for the people in the streets. Yeah, and like showing completely different models of uh, types of power. And that's why, like, martial arts perhaps is so inspiring to, to so many people and then being inspiring to a type of uh, radical politics yeah. across uh, racial lines as well. Which is interesting because a big arc in The Last Dragon is that Shonoff is trying to get 
Bruce Leroy to oh and you know what on another note we need to talk about the fact that it's called Bruce Leroy like that is so hilarious I know but anyway Shonuff is trying to get Bruce Leroy to fight to actually like fight and Bruce Leroy is resisting the whole time he's saying no um we don't have to and he's also trying to teach his students to also not fight Mm -hmm. and you can see him like wanting to fight back but then realizing that he's being looked at and he wants to be a good role model for them Mm -hmm. And he wants to show them that you don't always have to fight. And you don't have to use guns. And it's just so interesting that, that they are using guns. And also, like, there's a, also a white, um, a villain who is white. I'm going to call him a white villain. Um, who is using guns and who's just causing a lot of mess from Hugh Gardens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You have to understand what I'm saying. All right. Um, and getting by on my tits. Oh, yeah, that, that's. Oh, so also, that, that was one thing that's, that's really funny. Um, so this whole other like subplot that probably we haven't really talked about is like this white music producer, and he's like trying to make this next pop star, who I think mm-hmm. is like this interesting combination of Cindy Lauper and like '80s Madonna. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a really interesting comment on, on '80s culture at the time. Also, for people who haven't watched this, there's so many long musical sequences. So many. <laughs> like I, I told my students, I was like, if they watch this, you can just skip them. Like, there's, there's no, you cannot. What are you doing? <laughs> You are can't. a hater. I can't. Do, I can't. Do the hater it. raid is thick with you. It's just like with Lord of the Rings. I, I always skip the songs, which I realize also blasphemous. But anyway, I didn't know the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Well, no, anyway, did you read Lord, Lord of the Rings? I read them. You know, oh, long, you mean those long? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, but like like a lot of people who are into them, they're they're really into them. Like you know, this is like the main part of this. Like it just, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, it started to like the Bible a little bit. But anyway, that's that's another <laughs> story because they walk everywhere they go. I'm like, really? Okay. So yeah, so Bruce Leroy is is not fighting, and I I also noticed again yesterday. And this way, the county very happy is that there are white actors in this movie, but really, it's dominated by people of color. And I think mm-hmm. that the one of the beautiful things about that is that when you get enough people of color in one movie, you get to see actual diversity within those people of color. Whereas, yeah. like when there's only like one black person, then you're like, that's what black is. And it's like that's not what black is. It's just one black person. And if you're really looking, you can also see that there's also diversity in the Asian characters. So even mm-hmm. though, like, this is an appropriation of black... I kind of also think it's a parody also, in a way. Mm-hmm. But, um... But the fact that you can see diversity of Asian characters, and they get to be more than one thing. Like, yeah. they don't... Yeah. So they're not always... They're not, like, the butt of, butt of the jokes all the time. They can be powerful. Uh, they can be funny, they they're clever be... about their own Asianness, like as you're describing, yes. like the master, like um, is aware of the type of stereotype he represents and like plays against it, and mm-hmm. likewise, um, the the half Japanese kid as well. Like they're right. just very self, they're very self-aware, yeah. And like the scenes that they pick, so you can see people, you can see Chinatown, you just see people going about doing their daily business, and it's not like this. Um, it's not they're not minimized in some way yeah or like to go to the comparison of making between james bond and bruce lee is like the james bond thing is like you put 
you know, the story in an exotic location, and then you, like, pan mm. across, like, the marketplace, and you see all these people of color milling around, and they're just, like, part of the background. And then, you know, he'll, like, sleep with one of the most beautiful, the beautiful woman that mm-hmm. represents the culture. Right. Um, but this is not the case here. Like, they're actually genuinely interacting with one another. You actually, as you said, they get genuine diversity because these characters all have their own personalities. They're not just backdrops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you get your classic storyline with the girl. That was hilarious to me because it also felt like a role reversal for Bruce Leroy because he was being pursued by a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. And he was just oblivious to the fact that there's this gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous woman right there who everybody wants, including your brother. And you're like, where's my medallion? You mean that belt buckle? Yeah, where is it? And he's just, like, so out of the loop. And if you remember, mm-hmm. right, so she realized she likes kung fu. What does she do? She brings him to the studio and produces or, like, makes this whole sketch for him featuring Bruce Leroy. Bruce Lee, sorry. And then he leaves. Um, she takes him in a ride in a very, very nice car. That's what men do, right? They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you like this? Let me show you this. Let me do this. Are you interested now? How about now? How about now? And he's, like, still leaving. It was just really funny to me to, to think about how it was so reversed. And you could, like, the facial expressions she's making were so great. Because you could tell she was so exasperated at times. Like, oh, why do I still want this man? It's like the pursuit. She was literally pursuing him. She was giving out all her signature moves. And he was, like, giving nothing back. It was, it was kind of endearing. I almost wonder, though, if it's, like, an influence of Bruce Leroy modeling himself on his idol, Bruce Lee, that... Uh, one critique that even though Bruce Lee helped to create a new model for how Asian men were perceived in uh, Western society, that like they're they can they're not just passive; they can also be badass martial artists. But they still had to be desexualized. Oh, that hmm. like the, we have the stereotype um, if you think about in North American culture that yeah, Asian yeah. men are emasculated or desexualized. Because there's and, this way; it's like, how can I? focus on my craft and becoming pure reaching the highest level of my craft but also kind of be sexual at the same time so it's like you they make you pick and choose like you can't you yeah. can't be of this world you can't be out of this world talented and crazy like martial arts but be in this world by being like sexually involved with other people mm-hmm. and so there's, there's this interesting i think negotiation that we see with bruce leroy's masculinity that He's like perhaps almost like avoiding the stereotype about black male heterosexual masculinity. Like yeah, because really he's so voracious. anti. Yeah, but because of that, he ends up like taking a bit of like what is considered like the Asian stereotype. Hmm. But at the same time, like because famously, and he does. I won't say sorry. Yeah. You won't say he emasculates himself, but you know there are humiliating moments for him where, mm-hmm. like, because he's taking the stand of like I will not fight back. Like he lets himself get kicked in the face. Like, embarrassed by lots of people. And then when he's stressed out, he doesn't actually take it out on other people. He doesn't hit people. He actually goes to his, like, practice room and starts hitting a punching bag. Right? Like, so he's mm-hmm. not even... He doesn't even get angry. He's not... He doesn't even, like, let his anger really go. He demonstrates a different type of masculinity, I guess. Yeah. Compared to other characters in the film. I was going to give this comparison that, um, that you t- typically don't have Asian actors on western screens that uh who are, who are men who get to have love plots an mm-hmm. example people usually t- um, turn to is the movie romeo must die with jet Li and Aaliyah. yeah that even though their love interests like that they decide to cut them actually kissing 
That's true. They really have this kind of like, oh, let's just hold hands and be kind of cute together yeah. kind of thing. Like the sort of desexualized nature of it. Like, or like Jackie Chan and the movies that he's done in, in North America, usually like he's like really goofy, but he's not the one. He doesn't get the girl. Or like you think he's going to get the girl, but you never see him getting the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Were there any Asian love interests here? Maybe kind of no. joking. They were like flirting like he. Yeah. And so that's why we, like, some recent things, for example, like, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like, a lot was made of the fact that the Vietnamese character Dong, which is an unfortunate mm-hmm. name, but, um, was actually, like, a viable love interest. Although, like, there's a lot of criticism about the way his character is being represented. Or also, mm-hmm. there's a short-lived, um, TV series called Selfie, which was yes, actually... Re- yes, yeah, I saw that. Dong I was going to mention Chow. that. Yeah, and so, like, a lot of it was being made, like, like wow, you're actually going to have... Um, show an Asian male as being a viable love interest in mm-hmm. a Western setting, like, and that was like a really big deal. Who like was like there was chemistry, like he. Yeah. I don't know if you actually saw all of it, but there was this I one all, scene actually. where um, Eliza, and it's also based on this book. Yeah, I was, well, based on My Fair Lady, which is based on um, the George Bernard Shaw play. Right, and so like Eliza Pygmalion, Pygmalion yeah, yeah. So it's it really is like this. Uh, direct comparison but anyway there's this scene where the the girl is like so convinced that he's not gonna be he's like oh you're not you know like you're just you're just whatever what's his name oh my god i'm blanking this john cho so, no 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 his character's name oh i don't know like i haven't actually seen so i'll just call him john cho so eliza's really he's like oh like you know what he's not sexy there's nothing about him that will really attract me like like all the stuff that like women want from men he's not going to be able to give you and he just like he goes from like being like that like person's like what his like character is to like oh no let me show you and he just like turns it on and thinks you can actually feel it like you can see you're like what (laughs) what And, and she's literally taken aback because she's like oh wow you're extremely attractive right now i want you now and he just leaves her hanging and just like walks away it's like, bitch, that's what you get, right? And it's just like this whole. Did you enjoy it, the show? No, I loved it. I actually tweeted about it because I wanted to keep going. There was this point where they were trying to save the show, yeah. and I really wanted it to keep going. And I was so sad that it didn't. I don't really know what happened, but it should have gotten more a I chance. Think the problem is like it should have gotten I think a chance. They gave it a terrible title. I think that's probably Selfie. one reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Especially because it had so much more character. You know, like, because it wasn't mm-hmm. just a show that came out of nowhere. It had some sort of background. Like, at least, you know, the storyline being based off of the play or the book. Yeah, the play. So, but yes, Asian man, um, strong, attractive, fantastic, romantically. I wanted to see him be romantic. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad I didn't get to see that happen. The girl to me was like, she was great, you know, but it was like, but him, but also because I'm attracted to men, so that's probably yeah. also why. She's from Doctor Who, actually. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I remember remember when I turned on Doctor Who at your apartment, yes, I and, do. You're, and you were like, "Oh, are, why are they speaking with English accents or something?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Liz. sighs> yeah, history. Oh, we love you. <laughs> yeah, I I'm aware that that is my role in the group. It's okay. It's like. So. I, I think it's an interesting comparison because maybe help ground me because I'm so nerdy. Well, we're nerdy in different ways. Maybe. I think people like making fun of me 
That's true. And people think I can take it, so. I do enjoy yeah. making, well, I enjoy making fun of people, and I enjoy making fun of you. Yeah. Which makes me sound like a fantastic person, but. Well, we've all had our fantastic moments. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm sad to hear that, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad to know that you like the show, but then I'm sad for your sake that it didn't work, and also I'm sad for the sake of John Cho and, like, I know the sort of barriers it was, it was breaking down. The problem is for me is, like, I don't watch live-action shows, typically. Mm -hmm. Like, I prefer my anime and cartoons oh, yeah, far right. more. So it's very difficult for me to to watch things with real people in them, mm -hmm. <laughs> other than movies. Yeah, I, I, I really like that show. Actually... Thank you for mentioning because I will probably watch it again. Yes, you know, like it's on Hulu, so I'll probably just watch okay. it again. Okay, so did they release the, the rest of the episodes that they didn't air, or was it just, yeah, they just did. completely unfinished? Okay. Yeah, hmm. they released them. It's still an unfinished plot because they, it it uh -huh. ended prematurely, but it's I really liked it. There's actually a couple things now that I think have Asian protagonists. Like I know that there's a short AMC series called Into the Badlands. Which is this martial arts show, and I think like one of the leads is an Asian male. Just trying to think. Yeah, and of course now like we don't just have Fresh Off the Boat, but we also have um, Doctor Ken. Mhm. Mm no, I don't know what that is. What is this? Oh, uh, he's like, I'm actually. The way I had I heard someone another academic who's Asian American describe it is like this, this actor, he's sort of like. He does like Asian minstrelsy kind of, which is I think unfortunately kind of accurate in some ways. Like, have you ever seen like The Hangover? Yeah. He's that guy. Oh wait, so are you? Is that the show he has, or you're just saying like that? The, that is... actor, like his. Yeah. Yeah, like, he has a doctor. Or he has a medical degree. Yeah, he is. He is a real doctor, but like all the roles he tends to play, like are like really sort of cringy, like like playing up a lot of stereotypes of like really the dorkiness of Asian men, like, like how desperate they are, how like, and like all th things like that. But mm -hmm. he has now has his own sitcom, Dr. Ken, which I think has been renewed. Oh. I don't oh. know what the quality has been like for that. I will I feel check like, that out. I feel like a lot of people, like, at least a lot of people who are interested in Asian American culture and representation mm -hmm. were very like, cringing. Like on the one hand, like it's good to have more than one show that's centered around an Asian American family that isn't just fresh off the boat. But like, um, Ken Jeong has, his roles have definitely been kind of upsetting. Um, mm. But I don't know what the, the show itself is supposed to be like at all. Yeah. But even that's interesting because... Um, and I, I, black people do this too. Because... Um, like, take, for example, Empire. So anytime there's a depiction of a black person that is negative... Um, black people get upset because they don't want people to think that that's all that black people are. Yeah. Right. And there's the same way in which like Ken Jong's character is this goofball, right? And you're happy to see him on TV, but you're also like, oh, but we don't want people to think that's what Asian people are like. And and it, I think that's just I understand it, right? But it's also it's really difficult because why can't he just be the character? Yeah, you know, and, like, and there are plenty of other cases where when you're the majority, again, you can, there's room to allow someone to be that without having someone think, well, all white people are, you know, whatever, mass murderers or uh, yeah. adulterers. And I guess the problem is, like, jackasses. Yeah, definitely for us, it's, like, there's so little Asian American representation 
like that mm. if he's like only one of the very few then like you just don't have like the diversity of opportunities to like have other portrayals to offset it uh but what's interesting like um so i know you only watched a couple episodes of this, but master of none mm-hmm. um the asian character in that like he gets to season sorry yeah no um, his, friend, his, right? his friend his friend his friend mm-hmm. um who's hilarious and they make this big thing about like how like he's kind of like the hot guy in the group and mm-hmm. he the actor says like this is the first time he's got to play this role up until this point in order to get by in hollywood he's always ha- had to play like these bit roles where he's like the jealous asian man who kills his wife or daughter for for honor like multiple times he's appeared i think on different law and order shows and other things that were like mm-hmm. i'm the asian man i must kill my this woman for honor yeah. type role and in and this show he's, can get. he's yeah. the one it's like women love me i'm adorable i don't have to try half as hard as you do with these get women yes this is just how like, it is yeah and like also i think one of his first roles was also like a stereotypical like asian nerd in high school or something like that so this is like his first opportunity to do something else but like in order to pay the bills and i think that that's one thing that master of none does in an interesting way is like what do you have to do to survive as a yeah. as an actor of color like what type of integrity um yeah. do you have but also like how do you try to yeah it does cover that i mean that's really i really it's why i like these shows it's why i like the last dragon like um it felt very black to me as a kid because i was just like black people very gordy like you could just see certain elements um but watching it now I was way more aware of the fact that it was just dominated by people of color and how mm-hmm it just felt really nice to kind of see other things and um it that it was it felt like a good space to me and i like seeing shows now where people get to explore those kind of arcs where you're not just like the center you're not just like a side arc but you're a bigger Mm -hmm. part of the storyline and you can be something different and you can challenge things and i also think that as actors get to do that challenging then you get to see the the audience themselves challenge it, right? Because that's when we say, oh, but you can't be horrible. You have to be perfect. You mm-hmm. can't be, like, funny. Mm-hmm. You can't be this. You have to be this. You have to be everything. And so hopefully that means that we're growing together. And yeah. we learn how to accept the roles that people of color want to do. Yeah. As we get to see them more. And we, or like, we become less hypersensitive about, about things. And also, hopefully, white people get to understand that TV, just because there's more than 10% of people of color in a show, doesn't mean the show isn't good. Or, yeah, or that it's automatically diverse enough. Like that. But, or it's I mean, not it's a, a black conversation show. we could have another time where we can talk about blackish, we can talk more about The Wiz now that I've watched it and everything like that. You I gotta see the old one, too, though. I, I saw the scenes with Michael Jackson. I haven't Does sat count? down and watched the whole thing, though. Yeah. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> I'll get to it. I watched it with Shyla. I, I can watch the old one with Shyla, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's always good talking to you, Liz. Yep. We gotta go. Please. We got the glow. Subscribe. Rate. Comment. iTunes. Facebook. SoundCloud. Peace all out, that type guys. of stuff. All, all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Love you, guys. <laughs>